The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian nutritionist and mom to one. And this is Meaningful Living, a community to make parenting and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. Every week, we talk to experts, parents, and answer your questions to share the practical tips and real side of parenting we all need. Because when you remove the doubt, fear, and stress from everyday decisions, you create more time for the meaningful moments. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Today, we're talking to Michelle Pratt. You may know her as her Instagram handle and company, Safe in the Seat. She is a certified car seat expert, mom of two, so passionate about helping parents feel confident that they're doing all they can to keep their kids safe in the seat. So this one's a must listen. You'll adore her as much as we did and learn so much. And remember, if you enjoy the show, please share it with a friend and take a second to write a review. You're our village and it's really the best way to support the show. Here's Michelle. Michelle, we are so excited to be talking to you today. I I really can't even begin to describe how excited we are. And I don't think like five years ago, if you would have told me that I'd be this excited to talk about car seat safety, I would have been like, yeah, right. <laughs> but here we are. And I really have just been so looking forward to this. Jess can attest to that. Just as a parent, I don't think I ever understood how important car seat safety was and all the little logistics of it were. And it's just a whole thing. And I feel like we spend so much time as parents prepping for birth. We prep for nurseries. We prep for all the things having a baby. And one thing that I didn't do was car seat prep. We got them installed and we we did that and we brought our car seat to the hospital, but we didn't, I didn't study like, oh, you have to have the chest piece here. And I didn't know all of that. And I know it's just a whole thing and it can be so confusing to navigate. And clearly there's a reason there's car seat experts like you. And we just really love following you at Safe in the Seat. So we just want to cover all the basics from newborns to kids and all the car seat safety so that everyone can walk away feeling confident about their car seat safety. So I'm just going to start out by asking you, so how did you end up becoming a car seat expert is what I want to know. Well, let's just say that five years ago, if you would have told me this is what I would be doing and talking to you about, I never would have believed you. Car seat safety is not, you know, I didn't like grow up thinking, oh, I would love to be a car seat safety expert. That just sounds thrilling. But when I became a mom, just like, you know, very similar to story, I did all the things. I prepared all the things or so I thought. And then it was time to leave with my newborn baby. And it was literally the, and I already had a relatively traumatic birth experience. It was unplanned. It was emergency C-section still getting in the car, learning how to buckle up my seven pound baby was far more traumatic than that whole experience because I really thought somebody would help me or I would like innately know what to do. And it, that just sort of planted the seed for me of, I can't be the only one that could possibly be thinking this or feeling this way in this moment. And, and why is it that way? This is literally the most dangerous thing that we do with our children for years. Just like one time. It's like for years and years and years, mm-hmm. protecting them from their greatest risk. So over you know a couple of years, I became more and more 
do I just sort of put some feelers out? Like, do other people feel this way? Am I the only one? I didn't know what to do when I, I didn't know who to ask for help. And I just thought it was nuts that there was like nobody like me that I could say, Hey, can you just like guide me on this? Cause I obviously want to keep my kids safe. I just don't really know what I'm doing here. So I became nationally certified and really just started by helping friends in my local community. And then it sort of just took off from there. It's such a cool story because we all felt that way. I remember putting Bryson, right? Haley, you remember that first time putting your kid in a car seat and they yes. look so uncomfortable. Like you feel, first of all, you're never 100% confident that you installed till people will find you. But I didn't feel fully confident in that situation. And then they look so uncomfortable in there. And I think there's all these companies that start selling all this, get your infant or your newborn comfortable this way or put this strap on or get this little pillow. But from following you, I've realized all that stuff actually is unsafe. Is that true? Yeah, it's totally true. And it's, you know, it's marketing at its finest, right? And it's really annoying because as you want to do the very best for your baby and and your children, and when you're shopping for car seats, whether you're doing it in person or, or like online, you're getting bombarded with ads or things at the end cap of aisles that are like, this, get this, make your baby comfortable with this. The reality is those products aren't federally regulated, so they're allowed to be sold, which is terrible. That'll be a whole other crusade, you know, one day down the road. But, but yeah, they're absolutely not safe. They're not crash tested. They're not approved. And like what I want to remind everybody of this, this I find helpful for a lot of parents. Remember where your baby came from. Look at the position that your baby came from before they were born. They are very used to being in a very small, very confined place. And just because we look at it from an adult perspective of a, you know, how we would feel if we were restrained in that car seat in that way, it's not how your baby or child feels. That's a great analogy. Yeah, it is a great analogy. It's funny you say that because the first time that we moved Bryce from an infant car seat to a convertible car seat. The first thing my husband said was like, he's already grown out of it. His feet are so crammed in the front. How is he, you know, he's rear facing and he already doesn't fit in it. And I'm like, wait, first of all, he fits, but you don't understand. He's going to be in this for years. Yeah, that happens all the time. And again, I tell people, if I put you in a chair, if your child in a chair, would you expect their feet to never hang off of it? Like it's a chair. So of course, they're, once they're hang off of it, they're forever going to hang off of it. In the same way, if you sit in a chair next to me, your legs are going to hang off of the chair. The chair is there to support your body and keep you in a seated position, but your legs are able to dangle off. It's the same in a car seat. We just don't think about it that way. I never would have ever thought about any of this that way before I you know, decided to like get on this path of how do we take the sciencey, technical, heavy, awkward machine and make it relatable, make it more so we can under really understand it and give examples like this. It's like, okay, why that makes sense to me. You know, how can we take that technical terminology and sort of, I don't want to say dumb it down, but I do mean make it real life, make it so we, because when we know what to do, we know why it matters. We're going to do it. Right. But there's no question. So I try to bridge that gap every day of the hard, kind of scary technical stuff and just putting it into real life language. Right. 
dovetailing off of what you guys were just talking about, how having their legs looking cramped or whatever, my husband has been like for years, when is it time to change our daughter to a forward facing car seat? And when she was about to, she's tall. We have very tall kids. And he's like, gosh, it's got to be time. It's got to be time. Look how uncomfortable she is. She's never really complained. Actually, she's never complained. But I think in our heads, like you say, we're just naturally like, oh, they're so tall. There's no way that they're comfortable in that. She's four now. She's still rear facing. And that is because our nanny has told us, (laughs) is because our nanny has told us we need to keep her rear facing as long as possible. And she's still very, very much under the weight limit. And yes, she happens to be tall, but no, she has not complained about it. But when do we switch from rear facing to forward facing? We have three kids, by the way. So there's three car seats facing the back. I'll show you a picture after this. It's quite comical. I want to see. I love it. All right. Let's start with, you're right that she's not uncomfortable. Look at how kids sit, move, sleep, the positions they get in. Again, we tend to take our adult outlook, view, perspective, body limitations, and and mirror them to our kids. Like, I can't get up and down the floor, off the floor the way that my kids can, but they can do it in, you know, T minus 0.2 seconds. It takes me a good 30 seconds to wobble myself back up. So when you're thinking about that rear facing position, what I'd like to do is, is get people to like reframe, not like how fast can we move them forward facing, but how long can we let their spine fully develop to protect them from their greatest risk? right? So instead of how do we hurry this up? The reality is your kid's body is not like ours. Their muscular structure, their bone structure, their spine is not fused together yet. We've got to give them time for them to develop inside and outside. I think many of you, like you, you're like, she's tall, she's tall, she's tall. That does the growth rate of her, the inside of her body doesn't matter how tall she is, right? Mm -hmm. Which is That's why I'm like so thrilled she's still rear facing. Either way, the way her body is growing, her muscular structure, her bone development, doesn't matter how tall she is or how heavy she is. We need time in order to be able to grow that body so that when we do turn our kids forward facing, their head, neck, and spine are able to take on those crash forces safely. So that's the conversation that needs to, you say that to your husband tonight and he'll be like, I'm good. (laughs) Like, because that's the conversation I want us all to start having. It's not, we focus so much. Everybody does. I did too on the comfort level, by the way, I turned my first kid on his second birthday because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. My daughter rear faced till four and a half till she outgrew the limits of her seat. I learned I did something differently. And that's what I feel like many people listening today are going to be freaking out because they're like, oh my gosh. My kid is X years old and I turn them forward facing. First of all, if they're still within the limits of the seat, you can always turn them back. And second of all, like I say to everybody, bless and release. Like they're safe today. Take in new information, learn it, and then apply it going forward. That's, mm-hmm. that's the best we can do in this parenthood journey. As any mom can tell you, diaper changes are part of our daily lives. 
I spend a lot of time, I mean, a lot of time changing diapers, thinking about diapers, checking on diapers, you name it, which is why we are so excited to partner with Pampers. Your baby skin is so delicate and you want to make sure you're protecting it by keeping it dry and healthy. Well, I cannot recommend Pampers Swathers enough. They're absorbent even for overnight wear. Yay for no middle of the night leaks, which is so key. I mean, we all want one less mess and more sleep. And with their amazing absorbency, Pampers Swaddlers wick away wetness and mess to help protect your baby's skin and keep your little ones feeling dry and happy. Keeping your baby's skin healthy requires a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet and Pampers gives you that trusted protection. Pampers Swaddlers have been a game changer for us. The absorbency means healthy skin and less diapers overall, which is just a win-win. Once you try them, you'll see why Pampers are the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Whether you're a mom of three or a mom-to-be, you'll love how Pampers keeps your baby or toddler dry and comfortable. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diaper and wipes purchase. You will love them. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. What's some language if, if someone is like, gosh, I think I might need to switch my child back. They're a little bit young to be forward-facing after I'm learning all of this. What's some language you can tell your child to kind of help them get in that headspace again after being used to forward-facing? So we definitely have parents that do this pretty quickly. I mean, obviously this is going to be very child-dependent, like based on, you know, just your child's general way of being. For many, it's not really talking about it at all. It's just kind of doing it. And again, we tend to make things a much bigger deal than they do. So it's like, hey, yeah, we flipped your seat back around. Let's get you in. I've got a brand new car seat safe toy for you to play with. Here we go. Like it's kind of just done. For our kids that might be a little bit more hesitant or resistant, you may need to pull out your best reward techniques or bribery. For you're not going to have kids that are mature enough old enough to switch back where you're facing that can really understand like why it matters. Obviously we're not going to scare them with their spine isn't fully developed when they're three, but I think you just sort of decide, does my kid need to have a lot of information or do, do they not? Do we just, the reality is our kids are so much more comfortable rear facing forward facing kids. Take your child that is really tall when turned forward facing, you know what happens to her legs? They dangle right now. She gets to sit back, prop those legs up. They're grounded. They're supported. The majority of kids that are complaining about comfort are forward-facing kids because it's like if you sat on a bar stool and it didn't have the ledge for you to put your feet, how long could you sit that way? You don't. So what do kids do? They sit crisscross applesauce or they kick their legs over the side of the car seat anyways. So it's like you could have just left them rear-facing or they're kicking the crap out of your seat. Because again, they're just trying to feel grounded. They're trying to get their body grounded. So I joke with parents all the time, especially you have three rear-facing kids. You live it up, sister. Because when you turn the first kid forward-facing, 
your game in the car, your life in the car has completely changed. It's over. No more free mom time. No more hiding a snack. No more lying that the radio stopped working. No, game over. (laughs) So I tell a lot of people that don't want to get on board with like the science-y aspect of it, just for your freaking sanity, keep those kids rear-facing as long as possible because shoes are going to be thrown at you in a matter of seconds once you turn them forward-facing. So my next question is about why are we told and why is it floating around there in the parent atmosphere that at two years, we switch our kids? Because that's what everyone says. They're like, well, my kid is almost two or my kids too. So I switched it. Like, where are we hearing that and why? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, I definitely heard that. And I mean, I'm not kidding you. It was on his birthday that I was like, okay, it's time. It's like a milestone. We've hit it. And I think what happened is years ago, parents were turning their kids far earlier than that. And so somehow it was like, let's latch on to to at least get them rear facing that long. And then as the data and the crash tests and the science and everything evolved and got better, we realized, and we learned from you know other countries that do even more elaborate crash testing than we do in the US, we learned, wait a minute. Rear-facing is the absolute safest way to ride based on the fact that the majority of deadly crashes are frontal impact crashes. So let's keep them in that position as long as possible. So I think us continuing to say this two years old thing is just bogus. It's like a random, I, I really think it was just to try to get people past one. And so arbitrarily, the number two was, and we didn't have as many car seats that could get kids past that age. Now we have so, so many options of car seats that are designed for extended rear facing, for keeping our kids rear facing until they're three, four, or five years old. Okay. So is it car seat specific when you change from rear facing? Like, is it a weight limit for that specific car seat? So there's no one universal weight when you switch from rear to forward? wouldn't that make our lives far more easy? But no, they're all car seats are different. They have, there's some kind of general buckets that many of them fall into. So between like 40 pounds to 50 pounds is typically where, and you'll see some ranges in between there, but there are three things that you're looking for weight, which to be honest, the majority of kids are not outgrowing their seats by weight first. Most are outgrowing by height. And there's, there's sometimes, most times a standing height limit, meaning if you just put your kid up against a wall and you measure them, right, here's what the height limit is critical measurement to know if they fit in the seat or not anymore is, is there what's called the head height limit. And I 100% missed this. I had no idea this was a thing because I thought it was just height and weight. The top of your kid's head should be within the shell of the car seat. So again, if we want to translate car seat safety to like normal real life understanding, like just think about it. We want our kid's head contained within a car seat so that should an accident happen, they don't get hit by anything or their heads don't hit anything. It's like, all right, that makes sense to me. So Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that their, their head is like, there's a one, often it's a one inch rule. So they have to 
one inch between the top of their head and the top of the car seat. Some let you go all the way to the top, but always contained when rear facing. That rule changes forward facing. And it's one and done. You hit one of those things, and then you have outgrown that seat direction and you turn forward facing. Okay. So any limit you turn forward facing. And then what's the difference between an infant seat and a convertible car seat, right? At what point do you go from a newborn or infant seat to a convertible car seat? So just to make sure everybody's the same page, an infant seat has a carrying handle. You can take it in and out of the car with your baby strapped in it. A convertible seat converts from rear to forward facing and it stays in the car. You take your kid in and out of the car seat versus taking the car seat in and out of the car. Again, things I had no idea was. So the infant seat is the one stage where we say you as a caregiver can decide. You don't have to max out the limits in an infant seat. The infant seat is about convenience for the caretaker. So same limits apply, height, weight, and they all have their own. If that thing is just getting real heavy or awkward for you to schlep around, then it's fine to move you into the next stage seat before they hit one of those limits. Great. I'm curious about what your favorite car seats are then. Haley, I'm sure you have questions, but I just need to know what are kind of the top convertible seats? What are the top infant car seats? What are your favorites? Here's, you're not going to like this answer because it's going to sound like a very safe canned answer, but it's the, it's the true one. The first thing for everybody to know is it, if a car seat is sold on the market at like a reputable retailer, it's past the same crash test standards as every other one. They all have to pass the same crash test standards. The best car seat, the safest car seat is the one that you can use properly every time, which means it's a fit right in your vehicle. Not all car seats fit in all cars. It's got to fit your kid correctly. Not all car seats fit all kids. It's got to work for your lifestyle. It's got to work for your budget. It's got to work for the other passengers in your car. So it's not like a, we have, we created buying kits for this reason, because it's the by far the number one question that to me, what is the safest seat? What's the best seat? If I could give you all a name, one brand, (laughs) one car seat, (laughs) I would. It's, I can't, there are so many great options, but the option for you is going to be better or different than the option for me. My kid has a long torso. That means he's going to fit in car seats differently than perhaps your kid would fit in. So the best car seat for me may look different than the best car seat for you. I may have a $200 budget. You may have a $500 budget. That may mean your best car seat choice might be different than mine. It's a crapshoot, man. There's so many different things (laughs) to factor into what's the best seat. But what I want everybody to hear is it doesn't matter how much your car seat costs. It's that you use it. Every single car seat has passed the same federal crash test standards. Some have advanced safety features, added safety features. They may or may not come into play in a crash. We don't know. It's going to depend on the type of crash. But if you use it correctly, you will absolutely do everything you can to protect your, to protect your kiddos. What are the main points in using a car seat correctly? I mean, if you were to say like the five main points of like, check these no matter what, every single time you get in the car. When we first had Olivia, who's our first baby, I would like post little stories on Instagram and people definitely called me out (laughs) when her car seat was not done properly. Her little chest thing was too low. And I'm like, I had no idea that had to be right up here. And 
And so if you could just help us understand like those main things to always check, that'd be so helpful. The first thing I will say is you're not alone. How would you know what to do if no one taught you what to do? (laughs) So it's not like we automatically become parents or caregivers or grandparents or nannies. or And it's like magically now a wand has been placed over you and you know exactly how to use a car seat. So just know that it's very likely you won't know what to do. And I honestly feel like that really is step one. Just accept that just because you have procreated, birthed a child, installed a, whatever, it doesn't mean that you're doing it correctly. So read the manual. I know we throw manuals out the second we get them with most things that we do. That's fine for a blender. It is not cool for a car seat. So you need to read the manual and you will reference the manual as your child grows because you have to make adjustments as they grow. So don't think you're like above reading the manual. No one is. Every single car seat is different and they all have different rules. In terms of like the other key steps for installation, so actually attaching the car seat to the vehicle seat. And that is what you're doing. Like, again, in real life terms, you're retrofitting a vehicle that is designed for adults to fit children in it. So that attachment of that piece of machinery into another very big piece of machinery needs to be done correctly. And so movement is important. The tightness at which you install less movement, less injury. So that's one of like, that's the second thing I would really, you know, make sure you don't have to check that every single time you get in the car, but I would be the first time you install it. And then, you know, every once in a while, you're going to want to give that car seat. We, we say a handshake at the belt path. That's where it like attaches to the vehicle. Recline is really important. That's part of the installation process. That's really critical for our like newborn babies that don't have neck control, right? So we've got to make sure that they're reclined at the proper angle so their head stays back and their airway stays open. So not to freak everybody out, but if you, again, you follow the manual, you take my infant course, you follow me on Instagram, you, you know, get help from another nationally certified child passenger safety technician. We will teach you how to do all of those things. Then when it comes to harnessing, which is something, you know, insulation is kind of like one and done, right? Once we do it, we need to check in on it, but we should be pretty good the majority of the rides. Harnessing we do lots of times a day, many of us. So you want to make sure that you have made the proper adjustments in the car seat itself to fit your child's body. So what I say to people is like, think about, think about your four-year-old riding the bike she started off with as a toddler, right? Like even smaller than that, would she still fit the same way? No, there would have to be, the seat would have to be raised. The handles would have to be changed. Perhaps she would need a bigger bike. Same thing in a car seat, our kids grow. So you've got to make sure that the adjustments are made within the car seat itself, harness straps, crotch buckle, insert use, all of that. So I say when you're at the pediatrician's office, like use that as a mental reminder to make sure those fit adjustments are right. And then I want you to tighten that harness up real, real good. (laughs) I really want it to be tight. It is a harness. If you bungee jumped or I I did go skydiving once, people can't believe that I did that, but I did. (laughs) I want that whole apparatus to be real tight on my body to do its job. We want the same thing for a harness in a car because we need it to do its job. For kids without neck control, The harness is also helping to support their body, keep them in a good position so they can breathe. 
for kids with neck control or a little bit older kids, in addition, it is obviously going to protect them best in a crash. So we want it. It should be tight. Like here's okay. There's probably majority women that are here. When you all take your bra off at the end of the day, if you wear a real bra, let's say your, your undies, your bra, anything that's restricting on your body, you have a red line, right? Or a mark typically because why? Well, it's, it's done its job. Hopefully it's hold, held things in place where they're just put them in the place they're supposed to be in, right? Yes. That's what a harness is doing too. It's keeping your child's body in the place it's supposed to be in. So it's going to be tight and a little bit of like pressure marks are perfectly fine. So that's the four things. And then the fifth thing is like, again, you kind of want to do your final chest clip, like chest clip goes at armpit level. So make sure there's no slack in the harness, nice and tight, and then place your chest clip right there at armpit level. That helps keep those shoulder straps up on the shoulders. So amazing to hear all that and great reminders. We have to tell our two-year-old, he's our middle child. He almost screams every time we get in and we make it tight. And it's not like we're making it too tight. It is tight, safe, tight. And every time we have to remind him, we're like, Luca, why do we have to have it so tight and live? Our older child goes, because that's what keeps us safe. <laughs> and so we just have to remind him that each time because he's always so frustrated with it. Eventually, like once we get going, he's fine, but it's like, that's his battle. You know, they're always going to try something and that's his battle. That's super developmentally appropriate too, you know, at that age to be like wanting control and resisting. And, you know, I don't know if that ever stops. My kids are like eight and a half and six. And I I still think they want control and resisting. As moms, I think we can all agree that good coffee is just non-negotiable. I take my caffeine very seriously. That's why we are so excited to partner with Four Sigmatic, a wellness company known for its delicious mushroom coffee. But this isn't your average cup of coffee. I promise that. This is real, organic, fair trade coffee made with lion's mane mushrooms, which help make you more productive and stay energized, which we all need. So you can focus on what you need to without that crash or that jittery side effects of your typical coffee. I know what you're thinking. It's the same thing I was thinking when I heard about them. But no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It is so delicious and smooth. And I literally go to bed excited about getting up to have my cup of coffee the next morning. I love that Four Sigmatic products are all organic and plant-based and knowing that every single batch is third-party lab tested to ensure its purity and safety. I feel good knowing that I'm getting the highest quality coffee and mushrooms as possible. We're so excited for you to try it for yourselves to see what all this hype is about. After one sip, you'll know why it has over 20,000 five-star reviews. We like to consider ourselves coffee connoisseurs over here and Four Sigmatic is a definite go-to. Four Sigmatic backs their products with a 100% money back guarantee. Love every sip or get your money back. And the best part is that we've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling mushroom coffee but this is just for Meaningful Living listeners. Get up to 40% off on mushroom coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com slash meaning. This offer is only for Meaningful Living listeners and is not available on their regular website. You'll save up to 40% and get free shipping. So go right now to foursigmatic.com slash meaning and fuel your mornings with some delicious mushroom coffee. You will thank us. 
that's like the mantra of the car is like tight is right, or it's what keeps us safe. Sometimes a little, I don't know what a child therapist would say about this, but one thing that I have done with a couple of kids that have struggled with tightness is you over tighten it intentionally and then loosen it for them to the right tightness. So if he continues to freak out, you might want to try that, like purposely tighten it like a little more than you should and be like, dude, you're right. It is a little bit too tight. Let me loosen that up for you. And you're really just loosening it to the level that it should be. You know your kid, but sometimes that works for some of our kids. Yeah, I like that idea. I love that. That's a good tip. And this is embarrassing, but it just shows the degree of desperation. When I had Bryce in LA, there was, I was like, who can install my car seat for me? Like, I don't, I read this manual and I don't feel confident. Josh doesn't feel confident. And so I found a car seat expert. I paid him $40. He installed my car seat and taught me how to do it. And I just remembered in that moment, like this is a lot of money to spend to just get my car seat installed one time. But it just shows that degree of desperation and we don't we don't know. And so what you're putting out is just such helpful information for families. Okay, booster seats. When do we start using those? So now that you all are so well-informed, right, about how we're taking an adult, a vehicle made to fit adult bodies, we're retrofitting it to fit children, letting our children's bodies develop on the inside and outside. So even if they look big, doesn't mean they are big. Booster seats are for kids who have outgrown their forward-facing harness. So that means, again, this is where we max them out. We really want them to like outgrow that seat. They should never be under the age of five. And I don't usually give absolutes in a lot of things, nor do I typically give ages. But I would like anyone listening to try to think of a four-year-old who you could ask to sit correctly for a period of time. Most of us can't even ask a five-year-old, a six-year-old to do that. So a big part of booster readiness is maturity. And I don't know that I would use the word mature, five or six-year-old in general, but going from a harness to a booster is taking the responsibility of safety. It's taking it from the, the caregiver, the parent, and it's passing the torch to the kid and saying, now you're in charge of your own safety because they have to sit properly in order for that seatbelt in a booster to do its job. So that's a huge component of booster readiness that I don't think is talked about enough. It's not just about age. It's not just about outgrowing the harness. It's about, are they really ready to take on this level of responsibility? Many of our, my daughter's six and she's still in a full-blown harness car seat and I have zero tension of switching her <laughs> at, any, at any time. Very different experience for the parent. So just like when we talked about switching from rear-facing to forward-facing, when you take your kid out of a harness, I know it can be real annoying to harness a kiddo in sometimes or when they're planking or they're not getting in their seat or whatever. But when they go to booster mode, my son is in a booster, they have to buckle themselves. And you guys, it takes longer than harnessing them. Everybody thinks, hurry up and get to booster. We'll get on the road faster. No, I can whip through my daughter's harness my son, I'm like, Jake, buckle. And then it gets twisted and then he can't find the buckle stock. And then it's harness for life, man. Fantastic. I'm in no rush to get Bryce out of his car seat. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> as long as possible. And then when they're ready, they're ready. And then they'll still be very well protected with an adult seatbelt and a booster that fits properly. But just don't rush it. There's no 
there is no award for progressing your child through the safety stages too quickly. There's nothing on the other side that says, great job. Your kid got out of a car seat fastest. It should be the reverse, really. Who kept them in until the longest, until they were ready? Wow. Love that. Haley, I want you to ask all of your travel questions because everyone wants to know about travel car seats. Now we travel a ton. And so the car seat dynamics is always interesting with three kids. And like, are we going to travel with the car seat? Are we going to check it? Are we going to bring it on the airplane? It's just kind of chaos. And we've kind of gotten it into a system. But of course, every time we get into a system, they've outgrown a car seat and we have to switch it up a little bit. But there's been multiple times that we get in a car service and and we've been in situations where we're like, we can't travel with the car seat here and we're going to end up with, we have car seats on the other end. So there's just one leg where we don't have car seats. And then the car service will say, hey, we have car seats. We'll supply the car seats. And we show up and they're like car seats from the 90s and they're like booster seats. And I'm like, oh dear God, I have a one-year-old and I'm about to put him in a booster seat. And luckily it's not a far drive. And I'm so embarrassed saying this, but we're in those moments of desperation. What do you do in those moments? So don't be embarrassed about any of this. This is like real life stuff that everybody is, is dealing with. And you're just brave enough to talk about. So I think the, first of all, traveling with three kids is no joke. So kudos to you for that. I don't even travel with my two children and they're older. If we back it up, In general, you said like in this situation, your car seats are at your final destination, right? They're wherever you are going. In that case, I mean, the bottom line is it's incredibly risky to expect a rental service, a car service, and any kind of service, even if they advertise that they're the service, to have car seats that are going to fit your children, not disgusting, that you're going to know how to use, like the way I look at it is this, you already, you will have gone through a full day of travel with three children. And now you're going to show up and just say, cool, let's just see if we have car seats here. This sounds like something my anxiety would really love to take on right now after I've just (laughs) flown with three kids and a half helpful husband. Like, I mean, no, with no disrespect to your husband. I don't know him at all, but you know, it's like, I wouldn't put myself in that situation. So in general, are there going to be times that you, I don't want you to do it in general. I would be like, please don't do it. Please let's find another way so that when you show up where you're going, we can control the controllable. We can make sure that those seats arrive when you do that you know how to use them, that you know they're going to fit your kids because what you're sharing, your experience, I just don't think can name you one person that has told me a good experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely learned our lesson from that. We were like, oh my gosh, this is bad. I mean, and they were just rickety and and the the owner of the car service was actually driving us. And I was like, hey, FYI, like you need to get new car seats if you're going to advertise that you That you supply car seats, but also we'll bring them all next time. On that note, what are your favorite travel car seats? We we love what is the what's that one called? The Wayby Pico. We really liked that for our older kids. 
Yeah. Is that age appropriate for our four-year-old? And when can kids start using that one? Yeah. So the way Pico has, I don't want to say, I think it's like 22 to 40 some pounds. I'm trying to remember. I'm actually doing a, some Amazon lives with travel car seats. And that's one of them that I share because it is a great travel option. It's forward facing only seat though. So you do want it like your daughter is fine to be in it because she's four. So I would be totally comfortable with her forward facing and that. And you just want to be mindful of like kids two and under especially should not be forward facing even for short rides. If you have to make the decision that your two and a half year old is going to ride forward facing for a short period, if it's like getting from the airport to the hotel or something, if it's multiple rides, I would still be a bit hesitant about putting that age in a forward facing only seat. The biggest thing with travel is usually the portability of it. So like the wavy Pico for people that don't know, it folds up and then you can carry it um, in a backpack. So it's more portable. It can fit. Um, you can use it on the airplane or it can fit in the overhead bin. So that's really nice about that seat. It's kind of short lived though. It doesn't have a huge range to it. The weight of the seat is a big deal typically for people traveling as well, right? You just want something that's, they're all going to be bulky for the most part. So it's kind of like we have to get over the bulk of them. They're car seats. They're meant to hold your child's body. So they're going to be big, but the weight can be, you know, we have car seats that weigh seven pounds that, you know, can be great for traveling options up to like, even up to like 20 pounds, it tends to not feel as heavy as some of our like massive car seats that weigh 30, 35 pounds. What's a good car seat for say our boys, they're one and two, and we've been using the Costco for everyone listening. It's not Costco, like, like Costco, but it's C-O-S-C-O. We've been using those lately and we have the Britax one as well. The Costco seat is a great seat for everyday use or especially for travel. That's the one that specifically weighs seven pounds. There's some even flow seats, a baby trend seat. Britax has, their seats are a little bit heavy, but the Britax Allegiance I like a lot for travel. There's a century drive-on seat that's lighter weight. There's a lot of you know, lighter weight options that fit a large majority of kids. If you have kids that are rear facing, obviously you want to make sure you're picking a lighter weight seat that's within their range, like able to actually fit them. And like for you, you also have to think about the width of the seats. If you have to fit them three across or like the vehicle you're renting or putting them into getting the three kids car seats, Real Tetris. The configurations yeah. has been crazy. When we we had a third surprise baby a year and a half ago, and before that, that's when I was like, I'm kind of freaking out right now. Like, how are we going to configure our car? Because we had just gotten the Navigator, but we got the bucket seats instead of the the you know one seat across. So it was two bucket seats and then the seat in the back. And we were like, oh, this will be perfect with two kids. No. Now we have to climb in through the back of the car to get Liv and she's in the back row, still facing rear facing. <laughs> and then the boys are in the bucket seats because we obviously couldn't crawl around the bucket seats to put a kid in the back. And it's just like, it's crazy. So we've actually really loved our smaller vehicle, which is a, a VW Atlas, because we can put them three across and it fits. And I'm like, this is crazy that this smaller vehicle fits our kids and our pretty big Klek is it Klek Foomp, <laughs> car seats, three across, yeah. which is pretty wild. That's a great example of 
you know, when people say, what's the best car seat or what car seat should I get? It's like, we need to know you have three rear facing kids. We have to know the width of the vehicle that you're in. What are the seating configurations? I can't just randomly tell you the best car seat until I know what we're working with. And that when you go from two to three kids, especially it definitely, to your point, you very much experienced what most families do that go from two to three to four, whatever many kids complicated in with car seats and the car. But I encourage everybody to remember, this is like a period of time, right? It's not always going to be this way. You're not always going to have these crazy configurations. You're not always going to have to walk through the back hatch to get live out of the back. She's eventually going to be able to buckle herself in and out on her own. So it's just kind of like to remember, like sometimes for me personally, as I struggle with anxiety in general, it's like, okay, this is a period of time. Like they're going to grow. It's going to change. I will not have to drive a minivan for the rest of my life. It's my current story. <laughs> it's like, it will, it will change. So kudos to you for figuring it out. We do a lot of our consultations, like our one-to-one consultations are for families that are going from two to three kids or trying to figure out how to fit a lot of kids in various cars. It's complicated. That's so good to know and really awesome that you offer that service because I I really did freak out. When I say freak out, I, I did. And I was asked our nanny and she consulted with a car seat expert as well. This was a couple of years ago. And so I was just really thankful for having those resources because otherwise I would not have known what to do. Well, and I think like we all, we were talking to her before we started recording and that's, you would have no way of knowing. Like we all are experts in various areas for a reason. There's a reason a national certification exists in child passenger safety. It's because there's a lot, it's Mm -hmm. very complicated. So for anything, we tend to go to a nutrition expert when we need nutrition help. We need to go to a car seat expert when we need car seat help. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we have these national certifications, because this stuff is really complicated. Mm -hmm. Okay, Michelle. So where can people find you? Because I know after this episode, everyone is going to say, I need some Michelle in my life. Well, so I'm most active right now on Instagram at safe in the seat. I will warn everyone that we do. Of course, we talk a lot of car seat content, but there's a ton of like real mom life stuff that's happening there too and stories and stuff. Obviously, my website, safeintheseat.com is a plethora of information about all of the resources that we offer. So we have buying kits, we have the infant course, we have some freebies on there as well. And we're you know, just excited about all the new things that we're hoping to bring in the next couple of years to the community. But our community, what I would, what I say, would say to everybody is I think what is so special about what we're doing at Safe in the Seat is this whole, like you, you all, even when you were, I was embarrassed. I am embarrassed. You feel some shame. You feel some judgment. We don't do that at Safe in the Seat. People get blocked. They get kicked out. That's not a thing. Because how would it, as I've said multiple times, how would anybody know what to do? So we need to support each other and rally around each other and we learn new information and we grow together. And I think it's the best part of the Safe in the Seat community. I can't thank you enough for coming on today and chatting with us and and sharing all of your knowledge because we all need it and I need these reminders and I can't wait to share this with my husband so we can both just really have the confidence and know why we're doing the things that we're doing. I think that's really the key to this. So 
I just can't thank you enough. And, and Jess and I are so happy to have you on Meaningful Living. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. It'd mean the world to us if you'd take a second to rate, review, and follow the show and tell your friends about it. It's the best way to support the show. And if you have any questions you want us to cover on the show, call our voicemail line at 866-444-FULL. We want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com for resources, courses, and to shop our favorites. Can't wait to see you next week. 